we started this series several months ago, we realized that we needed a, a, a series that taught the foundational principles of Christianity, right? If you don't know the foundational principles of Christianity, uh, you might survive as a Christian for a little while, but then at some point, uh, the winds are going to blow, right? The storms are going to hit, and trouble is going to come in your life. It might be in your finances, or your marriage, or your career, or it might be in your schooling, it might be in relationships, it might be in your physical health. Something's going to hit, and if you don't have a foundation, a firm foundation that you are grounded in as far as being a Christian, you're going to be toppled over. A, a parable that Jesus told, you're going to be washed away. And we've seen many, let me tell you, many people come and go. Some of you, you know people, you know people that used to sit right next to you or right over here and they got washed away. And it breaks our heart. And we, we, we as Christians, we throw out life raft, we throw out lifeboats. No, 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 come on, grab a hold, grab a hold, grab a hold. And, and at times, if there's no firm foundation, people just, they can't grab back on. And that should scare us, in a sense, in a, in a reverential fear. It should, it should shake us that we need to have a solid foundation. So we've been teaching through this series. We're going to use it as curriculum. We're actually putting it together in a book we're going to have available for just like Freedom. Ernie and Holly are a part of the team that are going to help lead that. Uh, Alan and Beth, we're going to, I don't know if we've told you yet, just like, oh yeah? Uh, yeah, Alan and Beth are going to lead it too. Uh, that's how we do things around here. You're it. Uh, but, but, but Ernie and Holly know, Alan, he, just, he didn't tell you. He's trying to keep it a secret. But we're putting it as a book like Freedom, and many of you have been through Freedom. Um, if you haven't, you, you should go through Freedom this fall. You should go through Freedom this yeah. fall. It is life-changing. However, it's like Freedom, and we're going to use it uh, as a curriculum every year for anybody that wants to participate. You don't have to be a new Christian. It's good for new Christians, but it's also good if you've been, if you've been a Christian. Maybe you came to Northwood, and you've been a Christian for, for 20 years. So some of you, I've heard your story all your life. You literally grew up in church. However, if you do not feel confident in the foundation that you are grounded on if, if 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 you were challenged tomorrow on the job about your christian faith could you defend why you believe and if not that's why we have this series and so we've talked a lot about a lot of things everything from sanctification to justification to the church to worship to prayer communion with God. And last week we spent some time talking about being a disciple. Come on, how many of you last week kind of stepped on your toes? It was stepping on my toes. Being a disciple. Nobody raised their hand. I don't know. I should re-preach it. Uh, but, but being a disciple, we are called to be disciples and that means something, right? And so today we're going to uh, conclude the series, but also it's part two of the mission of the church. Part one was be a disciple and part two is evangelism. And so we're going to take some time today, about 30 minutes, to talk about evangelism. Um, I um, have tried to repeat our mission statement every week, just to give you an idea of you know, what we do as a church. And last week we talked about knowing God and how important that is, growing in Christ as a disciple. That's, that's what a disciple does, maturing, right? And so that's the first two parts of our mission statement. The third part of our mission statement is that we go in the power, and put that on the screen, Colin, we, we exist to build Christ-centered communities that help people know God, grow in Christ, and here it is, go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. We're going to go, this is what the Bible tells us to do, we're going to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We shared last week the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The Great Commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. That's where we, we approach things God's way 
through love, right? We love God and we love people. That's why we do. That's our motivation. And then the, the great uh, commission to go and make disciples, go into all the world, and make disciples. And so those two together inform our mission statement to know God, grow in Christ and go. Come on, somebody say go. That's a difficult process. It's hard, right? That's the tough part. I think, we, I think we enjoy the know and the grow parts a lot. We like to be fed. Feed me something, Pastor. wonder what the sermon's going to be this week. You know what I mean? Come on, give me something. Well, it wasn't as good. I didn't get nothing from that. Did you get something from that? Man, that was the best sermon I ever heard. We hear all kinds of things. We like the know and the grow, but the go part is like, oh, come on, Pastor. You know that's your job. Don't we pay you to do that? <laughs> right. Right. No. <laughs> that's not God. That's not the Bible. Go is equally as important. We know, we grow, and then we go. We go. I believe that if we know God, truly know God, and if we're growing in Christ, maturing in Christ, we cannot help but go. We are compelled to go. Is that right, Michael? We are compelled to go. It's like I've got to, I've got to give this away. I've got to give this away. It's the best thing I've ever had. Oh, my goodness. I've got to give this away. So in the book of Acts, chapter 1, Jesus has been crucified. He's, been, uh, he's resurrected from the dead. He's met with his disciples, and he's, he's ready to ascend back to the right hand of the Father. And we see in Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, it says this. But you, come on, somebody say me. All right, we got we to gotta own this right here. We got to own this. He said, but you, talking about us, talking about his disciples, talking about the church, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Right there from the get-go, Jesus is like, this is what we're going to do now, team. We've been in the huddle, we've been in the huddle, we're growing. You, know, you got this, you got this, everybody got this? Okay, ready, break, let's go. You're going to be my witnesses. And he says, in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As, we, as believers, we, when we're saved... We receive the Holy Spirit. There's no way to be saved without Him. He's the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. He is God, equally God. He is uh, part of the Godhead. The very essence of God is, is His presence in our lives. We are regenerated, filled with the Holy Spirit when we get saved. And so we have this Holy Spirit that's communing with our spirit, right? We know as a person, we're a body, container. We're a soul, content. And we are a spirit, which is our, our microphone, or our, our wire, our connection to the Holy Spirit. That's how we talk to God and hear from God. We hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. And the Holy Spirit is the one who takes care of that with us. Uh, we are subsequently refilled with the Holy Spirit often, and we should seek that. I believe just having an awareness of the Holy Spirit is a revelation in itself. If you don't understand that, if you don't have a revelation, what I just said, what I just said in a, in a two-minute window, if you never heard that before, that, that, that Mark, when you got saved, that the Holy Spirit regenerated you, and now you have the Spirit of God living in you, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, get out of the way, man. <laughs> when you get that revelation, it changes everything. All of a sudden, even the songs we sing become different. He was there all along, but it was, often we're not aware. But now, now we know, right? Jesus said, send in the Holy Spirit. Well, he's here, y'all, and you're not saved unless he's with you. He's in you. Now, that awareness and then the subsequent, would you fill me again? Would you fill me again? And the greater, greater revelation, and which really brings greater power because it's, it's there. It's his power. 
but the greater revelation. And you will receive power. Now, the first disciples that Jesus was talking to had not experienced that. They had not experienced the regeneration yet until the Holy Spirit came 40 days later. But now they have, and we have. And we have the Holy Spirit, and we have power. So, Colin, leave that up for me, that um, mission statement. So when we say go in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're referring to Acts 1-8 where Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then, because it wasn't just I'm going to give you some power, and you're like, oh, thanks, Jesus, I got some power. Woo, power, woo, power. Let's sing about it. Power, power, wonder working power. No, we just we, we don't just have power. It's to be my witnesses, to be my ambassadors, to be a person who is a mouthpiece. It's, it's a person who tells their story, a person who says, hey, y'all, guess what? And so we go in the power of the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem. And that's, that's the home folk. That's your kinfolk. That's your close neighbors. That's the people you're close to. We go to Judea. That's a bigger region, right? That's the people of our counties. In this room right now, we've got Harrison County, we've got Stone County, we've got Pearl River County, we've got Forest County, Lamar County, and we've got some Perry County, and I believe we even got some George County in here. That's our Judea. That's our, our counties. We go to our counties, and we, we be a witness with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he said something, I believe, that shocked the disciples, is my opinion, but he said, you'll go to Judea, you'll go to Jerusalem, you'll go to Judea, and you ready for that, Alan? You know what I'm going to and then he said, you're going to go to Samaria. Samaria was like their enemies, arch enemies. They would not even walk through there. If you know the story of the woman at the well, the disciples were like, are you kidding me, Jesus? We're going through Samaria? Don't you know those people are like those people? And he said, you're going to go to those people who are your enemies. The people who are not like you at all, you're going to go to them. Even into the ends of the earth, right? Missions. But you're not going in your own strength. It's not like I'm trying to pump you up today to say, come on, you can do this. Come on, man, you can do this. Come on, ready, 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 go, you know. And I think we think that. I, I, I really do. I think that that is one of our hang-ups is that we think that. I've got to go in my own strength, and I just don't know that I can do that. Pastor Mike, you don't understand what I've been through and oh, what I'm going through now, and I just don't think I can do that. And so we don't do it. We make excuses, and I mean, I do it too, guys. I get it. I get it. I kind of alluded to this last week, but aren't you glad the people before us didn't say that? The people who got the gospel to us so we could be saved? Aren't you glad they didn't say, I just can't do it? They did it. I don't know how they did it. Well, I do know how they did it. They did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. They did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. They got the gospel to you, and you got saved. And now it's our responsibility to get the gospel in his strength to our circles, to our family, our friends, even our enemies to the ends of the earth. So the act of spreading, I tell you what, I tell you what, I believe y'all are hearing me. I want to pray. I want to pray because I just feel like this is too important not to. Come on. I know. Pray with me. Father, let us tune in to you today. I want to hear, we want to hear from you today. Would you speak to our spirit? Holy Spirit, would you speak to our spirit? Holy Spirit, would you convict us, teach us, instruct us, 
reveal to us what we can't see now. I pray for every man and woman, young person in this room right now, that when we leave today, that there'll be something different because of the Holy Spirit. We submit to that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, the act of spreading the good news. We just talked about going, right? Preaching the gospel. The act of spreading the good news, the preaching, the proclaiming about Jesus is known as evangelism. That's the, the word we use in, in the church. Evangelism. There's a Greek word attached to it, but it sounds like evangelism. Um, examples of this in the Bible, Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Acts 8, 4. Now those who were scattered, those disciples who got saved and then were scattered because of the persecution, they went about preaching the word, preaching, proclaiming. Colossians 1.28, Him, Jesus, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We proclaim. 1 Corinthians 1.23, another verse where we, it says, but we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. All of these examples and many, many more are examples of evangelism. It's, it's preaching and proclaiming. So when we say evangelism in context of today, but in the future, we talk about evangelism. It's not some guy who we support who went to India. He is an evangelist possibly, but we're talking about evangelism in our lives, our circles, your relationships. Uh, someone once taught that we're all like Lego uh, pieces, and we've only got so many of the little boop blocks that you can put on there, right? But you do have some boop blocks on your Lego piece, right? Think about those people. Who are they? Who are the people in your circle? Family, friends, co-workers, classmates, people in your circle, maybe someone in the community. I've connected. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of people over at the pharmacy that I go to. I stop by every month, right? You do that if you go to the pharmacy. Old people know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> And, and, they, and they love me. I, I walked in the other day to pick up a prescription. And you know, I walked in. I didn't just drive through. I do drive through, but I walked in. I felt, I need to walk in today. I walked in, and one of the people came from behind the counter. Pastor Mike, would you pray for me? And blah, 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 blah. And I was like, absolutely. Got to pray with him right there. And the, that was a form of evangelism. I was preaching, proclaiming the good news. Jesus heals. Did we just talk about that when we took communion? And we preach and proclaim those things. And that's what we mean when we say evangelism. Second Corinthians kind of unpacks this idea of evangelism. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, all this is from God, the gospel, the good news, what we preach, what we proclaim, the content, right? All of this is from God, who, God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, and it's explained, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. So we were far from God in our sins, from birth, not because of what we did, right, our conduct, but because of who we were, our condition. We were born into sin because of Adam's sin that was passed down through the fathers. And everybody in here, you had a father somehow, um, whether you knew it or not, know him or not, we all got a father. And it was sin nature passed down, our condition of sin. And we were far from God, from birth, and yet Christ died to bring us back to God. We don't do it much anymore. Anybody got a checkbook? Anybody got a checkbook? Paper checks? You know, it's, it's all old people again, yeah. Uh, 
but at the end of every month, you know, and we, now we do it online, but we used to, we had to go in the back of the checkbook and reconcile, right? We had to make sure our numbers were right because we won't know how much money we had in the bank. Old school right there. But God did that with people. He reconciled. He brought us together with God. He did all the tabulations and said, this is how much the debt is. And Christ paid that debt, so now we are reconciled. We're brought together with God. But here Paul says, and then he gave us this ministry of reconciliation, the church. God did it for us, and now he does it through us. This ministry, back up one slide, Colin. This ministry of reconciliation. It's could be said here, the mission of reconciliation. So we, we get this. We know God. We grow in Christ so that we can go and be ministers of reconciliation. Everywhere we go, we're looking for opportunities to operate in this ministry of reconciliation. It goes on in the second half of verse 19. Not, God not counting there are trespasses against them. So this is what, what does it mean? Ministry reconciliation? Well, God doesn't count our sins against us. And entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Everybody say, I'm an ambassador. I feel like we need to raise our right hand and say this after me. I'm an ambassador. <laughs> we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Again, somebody say me. <laughs> He's making his appeal of reconciliation through us, the people of God, through me. We implore you, this is Paul talking to us today, I'm imploring you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God, become a reconciler, an ambassador. Uh, I've got a, a neat little statement here in my notes. We evangelize because we are ambassadors for Christ. We are called to represent Him to the world and are entrusted with sharing the gospel with others. Jesus gave to us this wonderful message of reconciliation so that all of us could be responsible. He entrusted it to us. Be responsible to go and proclaim the gospel to those far from God. So how do we do that? I'm going to take the next few minutes to to explain that. How do we do that? How do we evangelize? How do we evangelize? I think most believers, most believers that I know do not feel like they are equipped. That's a word that we kind of use. Uh, I just don't feel equipped. I don't feel I know enough. I don't know how. I, I'm just not sure what that looks like. Uh, so I'm, I'm just kind of scared to do it. Don't want to mess it up, right? And, and, and I think partly we don't understand what I just shared, that we are called to be this, all of us. We are all ambassadors. But once we get past that, and say, okay, 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 I see it in the Bible. I'm an ambassador, but I just don't feel like I'm an, I'm, I've been trained to be an ambassador. I don't, feel, I don't feel equipped to do this. But the Holy Spirit, going back to the Holy Spirit, Mark, Mark the Holy Spirit, and it's in you, in me, right? Because we're saved, has given us everything we need to accomplish this. Crazy thing. We just don't know it. But now, that's not going to be an excuse because I'm fixing to give you what he's going to use in you right now. Three things that the Holy Spirit's going to use in you to help you accomplish this task of being a reconciler of God. The first thing is you evangelize with your story. You cannot deny every one of us have a story. 
every one of us have a story. I've heard people say, I just don't have a very good story. But, you know, I don't think there's a bad story. You know, I just didn't, I didn't go out and sin a lot when I was a kid. I didn't ever do anything wrong, didn't steal nothing, didn't ever lie. I just don't, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I don't have a story. But you do have a story. That's your story. Everybody has a story. What kind of, what kind of movie you like? You like the romance comedy? You like the drama? How many of you like the scary movies? Anybody like scary movies? Come on, raise your hand. Let's participate. Wake up. Scary movie people. Jay, I never would have thought, bro. Scary movie people. I cannot. I cannot stay in the room with scary movies. I just go, my insides. I got to leave. You know? uh, drama, action, mo- war movies. Now, yeah, but John Wayne. Uh, now we're talking. I see some of you men perking up. We all like different kinds of movies, but we all don't like all the movies, right? We got our genre we like, you know, and it's the same with stories. Everybody's got a story. It's all different stories. Some of your stories are bizarre. Some of your stories are, what? I cannot believe. Some of your stories are like, yeah, okay, so it's not that great. But somebody will receive your story. That's their genre. They hadn't had all the sin in their life either. And you come along and you tell your story. But the key is that you tell, I was far from God, even though I was good. I preached a funeral a couple of years ago for a lady who I would consider one of the mentors in my life. She was a spiritual mother to me and one of the most godly women, Miss Mildred, you know Miss Mildred, uh, Karen, uh, one of the most godly women that you'd ever know, you'd ever want to meet. I preached the funeral and I said all that. I said how godly she was and how good she was and oh my goodness, the impact she made. It was a very large funeral. A lot of people are influenced by her and uh, at the end of the funeral I said, but even in all that, Miss Mildred wasn't good enough to get into heaven. And the room got real silent. Man, if she ain't getting into heaven, ain't none of us getting into heaven. But it's the truth, right? Doesn't matter how good you are, you can't get into heaven. It's what Jesus did for us that gets us in heaven. That's the gospel. Everybody should have that story. I don't care how good you were or how bad you were. It takes Jesus to get into heaven. That's a part of everybody's story. But everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. This is, this is, this is important. I think, that, I think that some people feel that, because I don't know enough about theology, or I don't know enough about, you know, philo- philosophically, I don't know enough about God and the things of God. But God's done something in your life. There's a story in Mark chapter 5. Jesus and his disciples, they had fed a bunch of people on a hillside. They got in a boat. They went across the Sea of Galilee, and they had landed, and they met up with a guy over there. He was uh, filled with demons, and he was crazy, slobbering, and cutting himself with rocks. And Jesus healed him. He cast the demons out into some pigs, and he healed him. And it says in verse 18, as he was getting into the boat, Jesus was, and his disciples were getting back in the boat. They were going to take off. The man who had been possessed, is this up here? Good. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. He wanted to get in the boat and go with Jesus. We would too. Next slide. Go. Uh, so that's it. That's all I had. I got more. Let me, let me read from here like I should be doing. And he did not permit him. Jesus said, nope. But he said to him, this is what Jesus said to him. Still not up there. This is what Jesus said to him. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. In verse 20, and he went away, the guy, he went away and he began to proclaim in the Decapolis, the ten cities he was from, how much Jesus had done for him. And every, everyone marveled. Everyone marveled. Jesus said, 
go home and tell your story. <laughs> go home and tell your story. Go to work and tell your story. Go to school and tell your story. Go. Go to Walmart and tell your story. Go to, go to PCN. Tell your story. Go and tell your story. That's what Jesus said. Has Je- ha- wait, wait. Has Jesus done anything in your life? Go tell it. Go share it. Go share the good news of how Christ has changed your life. Now, see, it takes away all of this have to know. I don't know the Bible that well. I don't know, but you got a story. And the Holy Spirit will use your story. Your, use your story. Your experience with God is unique. And I will say this I believe your experience with God is powerful. Mark, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and He will use your story if you'll tell it. And that's the, that's the hang up. We don't want to tell our story. Scared of what other people think. Scared our story don't mean nothing. It may not. It doesn't matter. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in you that makes your story come alive in that person who you have no idea. If they're lost, they're desperate, they're hopeless, they're, they're, they're crying out to God, if you're real, send somebody. And here you come up and say, can I tell you my story? <laughs> and whammo, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit can use that. Your story builds faith in others of God's ability to restore and redeem. If he did it for you, maybe he'll do it for them. Other people are going to find healing in your wounds. We need to marinate on that one. I just scared a lot of people right here. You may not know this, but there's people in this room right now who are shaking. Because you know it's right. Other people will find healing in your wounds. The wounds you don't want anybody to know about. The wounds you're ashamed of. What will they think? they like me anymore it could save their life because they got wounds too they got things they're ashamed of too and until they confess until they give up they won't be saved and you're able to take your wounds, your hurt, your pain, and you, you know, and you may be going through it right now. But you bring that and you tell your story and you tell how Jesus met you right there in your pain. And all of a sudden, it changes their life. They begin to look up instead of looking down. They begin to see hope instead of hopelessness. All of a sudden, there's a, there's a spiritual, supernatural occurrence. The Holy Spirit, Mark, I'm picking on Mark today, but the Holy Spirit, right, that's in you grabs them. And what did you do? You were obedient to be in the ministry of reconciliation. You were obedient to tell your story. So that's the first thing. Tell your story. Number two is, you do evangelize with the truth. With the truth, all right? So your intellectual understanding of God matters. It is just as important as your experiences with God, your story. So we do study the Bible. The Bible is important for us. We do study. We read it. You read the Bible. You do. I know you. You read the Bible. And, and 
Okay, Mark, I'm sorry, but i got to come back to you. But you read the Bible in the same spirit. You're helping a lot of people right now, bro. Thank you. Thank you. The same spirit that dwells in you, and you're reading the Bible, and you're like, but I don't know that I could teach this. I don't know that. Maybe you can, by the way. I don't even know. But you might be feeling, this is for somebody else. You might be feeling, I can't, I can't, I don't memorize the scriptures. I don't know that, but I'm telling you, in the moment, all of a sudden, because you've been reading the Bible, you've been in church your whole life, haven't you? You're so saturated. You're like a wet rag full of the Word of God, and you don't even know it, right? And so, thank you for being this illustration. And, and Mark's new here, by the way. I love you, bro. You're so saturated, and all of a sudden, you're just obedient. You're like, I'm going to tell my story, and you even tell the painful parts, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit takes that dripping Word of God, and then all of a sudden, He brings it to your remembrance, and you start saying, I just know this, the Bible says this, the Bible says, and it may not be verbatim, it might be the message paraphrase, there's no problem, you're saying it, you're saying it, and all of a sudden, the truth is what sets them free. So it is, it is truth matters, it's part of our it's part of our evangelizing. We evangelize with our story, but we also evangelize with truth. 2 Peter 3.17 and 18 says, You, therefore, that's us, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people, you know, straying from truth, avoiding truth, and lose your own stability. But, watch this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory. We have to grow. We have to know what we believe. Uh, verse 15 in that first, I'm oh, sorry, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with great gentleness and respect. And so we, we do have the Word of God in us. We do read the Word of God. And if you, you don't have a bit a little bit, keep reading. Keep reading and understanding. Keep processing let the holy spirit teach you the word of god and, and it will it will eventually it will come out of you and that truth you speak will set people free that truth you speak will make a difference in people's lives it will open the blind eyes it will cause it and it's not you it's the power in you the power of the holy spirit jesus said i'm going to send the holy spirit fill you with power and go be my witnesses and this is what we go be witnesses with the last thing, the third thing, is that you evangelize by the way you live. By the way you live. Your example to others. What do people see? Scott, what do people see when they see Scott? Scott Laird, he's walking through Walmart. What do they see, right? It matters. It is your testimony, who I am. I've got a story. I've got some, got some word. And then I've got my life. I have my life. Uh, there was times when I got real bold, you know, it was back zeal back in early days where I would say, come on, read me, read me. <laughs> Look at my life. <laughs> uh, I was knucklehead and didn't know much back then either, but sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to say just, I'm not perfect, but I know the one who is. But we live our lives. In First Peter chapter 2, it says in verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners or people traveling through as exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. You know, the sins. Verse 12, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. And at the time it was Jews, Gentiles. Today we would say, you know, Christian non-believers, far from God. Keep your conduct among the people far from God. Keep it honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and what? And glorify God. God on the day of visitation. 
Every day you're behind the pulpit of your life. This is what you carry around with you. This is what you look like as a Christian. Every day you're behind the pulpit of your life. You want a, back, back, you want a backwards view? <laughs> that's what it looks like right here to the preacher. And that's what your life looks like. Y'all see that? They're reading you. You see that over here? They're watching you. It matters what you do. It matters what you say. You blow up, cuss out the boss, right there in front of those unbelievers who are watching you. You, you admit you were wrong and ask for forgiveness. They're watching you. They're reading you. Your life is your pulpit. Your example, I mean, you know, it's true in the home. Your kids are watching you. I've told men for years, your kids are going to grow up to be just like you. I love to watch the faces of men when I say that because a lot of times they go, oh, no, hope not. <laughs> no, it's true. They're not going to do what you said. They're going to do what you do. But it's true in evangelizing and, and witnessing to people. Our lives, our lifestyle, our choices. You know, not telling that dirty joke. Well, I got one better than that. <laughs> Did you hear the one? You know, it's, it's being careful what we do, what we say, because people are watching. You're a Christian now. You're not an unbeliever. Sin matters now. Now, I know it doesn't matter. I mean, God forgave you of your sin, yes, but our conduct matters if we're going to be ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ. The ambassador to England represents President Biden today. Everything he does and says represents our president of the United States. And we're the same with Christ, right? I think you get that. And so we must be careful how we live. We must be willing to share the truth that's in us. Right, Mark? The, we're saturated. We, we have word. And we must be willing to tell our story. We preach Jesus to those in our circles because they are watching. And they are hungry. I truly believe this. The greatest disease in the world, it's, it's not COVID. <laughs> it's hopelessness. It's hopelessness. The people in our lives, the people all around us, band, if there's a band in here, can y'all come on up? There we go. Good. Yeah, come on up, Courtney. The people in our lives, some of them are family, some of them are friends, some of them are old classmates, some of them are classmates currently, some of them are co-workers, some of them are uh, people we meet in the communities that we live and work in, play in. Those people, some of those people, as a matter of fact, you want to hear a good statistic? This is not good, but it's, it's an accurate statistic. 85% of the people in Stone County do not attend church on Sundays. Okay, y'all heard that, right? That means only 15% are in church today 85 percent of our friends and family and i would think that holds true in the other surrounding counties very close right 15 18 20 percent the fields are white for harvest but the workers are few we create christ-centered communities for us to know god both intellectually and experientially, to grow in Christ, 
to grow in our maturity, to be more like Him, to understand Him, to relate to Him, so that we can go into our communities in the power of the Holy Spirit and share the good news. Jesus died for us. We don't have to live under condemnation, under the guilt and shame that sin brings. We can live in freedom. We tell our story, we give them the word, and, and and we live lives that are honorable in front of them. And they too will choose Jesus. Last week I, I hit this one hard, but I'm telling you, you need to make a disciple. Some of you, there's a person in your life waiting for you to preach Jesus to them. And they will get saved. They will get saved. <laughs> you got saved. You're like, I don't know if that person gets saved, but you got saved, you knucklehead. I love you, bro. Isn't that right, Zach? You got saved? Who'd have thought? They'll get saved. And you can share, Mark, you can share because you got all that word in you and you'll be able to share. You'll have it. No, you will bring it up just like it. What am I going to say? I'll tell you when you get there. That's what he would say, right? They're waiting for us. They don't know it, but we do now. They're waiting for us. Your neighbors, your family, your, your kids, some of you, your parents, some of you, your coworkers and classmates, I'm going to challenge you right now. Pray. We're going to pray right now, but pray this week. God, would you let me see them? Open my eyes and let me see them. Who are they, God? Now, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to find three people in your life that God puts on your heart. Write their names down, and you begin to pray for those names as you pray. So it could be every day if that's you. Write three names down of people. You're going to pray. You're like, I don't know. I don't really have a name right now. That's okay. It's okay. God does. He does. He wants them in heaven as bad as he wants you there. God, who is it? God, who is it? Come on, Father. Let's pray right now. Just, Father, who are they? Who are they, Father? Oh, God, let us see them. Open our eyes. Let us see what you see. Let us see the hurt and the pain, the brokenness. God, open our eyes to see them so that we can begin to pray for them and and, and live our lives out in front of them and deliberately and purposely be be reconcilers. God, to to be able to, to speak the word and to tell them our story. God, give us the moments, the right time to tell our story. And God, we believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to transform them just like he transformed us. God, would you fill us fresh today with that power, Jesus, in Acts 1-8. Come on, all over the room, just ask him, would you fill me fresh with that power to go and to be that witness for you, Jesus? I want to live the life of disciple. I want to live a life that's fulfilling. I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. God, would you fill me with that fresh power of the Holy Spirit that I might go and be a witness. I might go and be a witness. Come on, stand to your feet right now all over the room. Let's, let's just be, believe now. God, open our eyes to see. We want to partner with you, God. We want to work alongside you. 